Hi, and welcome to Jesus and Juliet. I am totally alone today. There is no guest. We actually are going to be listening to two shows that were directed and acted by my students. So in the, um, let's see, right after Christmas break, um, I had three seniors um, who were working on directing two shows, two senior directed shows. Two of them were working together and we planned to produce these shows just like anything else. And, um, and obviously the COVID-19 pandemic hit. And so we decided to change them into radio shows. And so I gave them the task of working on them. And then, um, I would come back in after they were recorded and add in sound effects and, um, some soundtracks. So that is what we have today for you to listen to. We have another one tomorrow. Tonight's show is Long Day's Journey Into Night, written by Eugene O'Neill, directed by Christopher Tinker, and assistant directed by Whitney Bearfield. We have James Tyrone being played by Zach Harrell, Mary being played by Emily Kenyon, Jamie being played by Grayson Wood, and Edmund being played by McCaden McClure. And what I just want to tell you um, without giving you a full rundown of the show is it's a story about a family. They are living in a summer home um, and it's it's a family that's got some problems. The dad is kind of a miserly gentleman. The wife is addicted to morphine um, and she really struggles with that and the family really struggles to support her and, uh, you know, they have their own feelings about that. And the younger son, Edmund, is a, um, he suffers from tuberculosis. And so he is being sent to um, a sanatorium. And that's what they called it back then, um, kind of a state hospital, I guess. So, so they are a family kind of dealing with some major issues. And one of the reason this show is so beloved is because it is, the characters are very dynamic. They, it's not just all drama, drama, drama. It's the way that you would deal with someone who was going through addiction. Um, you love them. You have problems with it. There's times when you're mad. There's times when you're happy. There's times when you feel um, sorry for them. And so that's kind of what you see in this show is the characters are just very dynamic and um, and I think it's without, you know, anyone going through these types of things, maybe you've never been addicted to morphine, but I think that everyone can kind of relate to, um, to the family and what they're kind of processing. And so, um, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to these. The students work so hard on them and I'm going to go ahead and open us with prayer because that's what we would do before our shows at school. Um, and so everyone bow your heads. Oh, goodness. Lord, thank you so much for just bringing us um, all together right now. I am sitting here in this room by myself, talking into this mic, and just imagining that my students and their parents and friends um, and my colleagues are just sitting around listening. And how wonderful is that? How beautiful is it that we can all um, right at this very moment, be pointed towards you, Lord. And um, I'm just really grateful for that. I'm grateful for you guiding us through this um, situation. I'm grateful for 
you guiding the students and being with them um, and just helping them to um, to take something that they were looking forward to um, and turn it into something positive. We trust in you, God, with all of our hearts, and we want to um, we want to take the creativity that you put in us and 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 glorify you with that. And that is what is most important to us through all of this. And so, God, I just ask that you bless the students, um, bless everyone listening to us, and bless the the shows. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. You are fine armful now, Mary, with those 20 pounds you've gained. Too fat, you mean, dear. I really ought to reduce. None of that, my lady. You're just right. We'll have no talk of reducing. Is that why you ate so little for breakfast? So little? I thought I ate a lot. You didn't. Not as much as I'd like to see anyways. <laughs> you. you expect everyone to eat the enormous breakfast you do. No one else in the world could have a dying of indigestion. I hope I'm not as big as a glutton as that sounds. I have the digestion of a young man in my 20s, and I'm 65. <laughs> you surely have, James. No one could deny that. James, it's Edmund you ought to scold for not eating enough. He hardly touched anything except coffee. But, of course, there's nothing takes away your appetite like a bad summer cold. Yes, it's only natural, so don't let yourself get worried. Oh, I'm not. I know he'll be all right in a few days if he takes care of himself. But you mustn't let it worry yourself, Mary. Remember, you gotta take care of yourself, too. What makes you think I'm upset? Why, nothing. Except you seem a bit high-strung the past few days. I have nonsense, dear. It's your imagination. You really must not watch me all the time, James. I mean, it makes me self-conscious. Now, now, Mary. That's your imagination. I can't tell you the deep happiness it gives me, darling, to see you as you've been since you came back to us. Your dear old self again. I do feel out of sorts this morning. I wasn't able to get much sleep with that awful foghorn going all night long. It kept me awake, too. <laughs> you have a strange way of showing your restlessness. You were snoring so hard I couldn't tell which one was the foghorn. Ten foghorns couldn't disturb you. You have a nerve in you. You never had. Nonsense. You've always exaggerated about my snoring. If you could only hear yourself once. <laughs> it's a relief to hear Edmund laugh. He's been so down in the mouth lately. Some joke of Jamie's, I'll wager. He's forever making some sneering fun of somebody. That one. Now, don't start in poor Jamie, dear. It'll turn all right out in the end. You wait and see. He better start soon, then. He is nearly 34. Oh, I've been teasing your father about his snoring. I'll leave it to the boys, James. They must have heard you. Why are you staring, Jamie? Is my hair coming down? Oh, it's hard for me to do it properly now. Your hair is all right, Mama. I was only thinking about how well you look. Just what I've been telling her, Jamie. She's so fat and sassy that we soon know holding her. Yes, you certainly look grand, Mama. I really should have new glasses. My eyes are so bad now. Your eyes are beautiful, and well you know it. You mustn't make Edmund work on the grounds with you, James, remember. Not that he isn't strong enough, but he'd perspire and he might catch more cold. Haven't you any sense? The one thing to avoid 
is saying anything that would upset her more over Edmund. Alright, have it your way. I think it's the wrong idea to let Mama go on king herself. It'll only make the shock worse when she has to face it. Anyway, you can see she's deliberately fooling herself with that summer cold talk. She knows better. Knows? Nobody knows yet. Well, I do. I was with Edmund when we went to Doc Hardy on Monday. I heard him pull that touch of malaria stuff. He was stalling. You know as well as I do. You talked to him when you went uptown yesterday, didn't you? He couldn't say anything for sure yet. He thinks it's consumption, doesn't he, Papa? He said it might be. Poor kid. It might have never happened if you sent him to a real doctor when he first got sick. What's the matter with Hardy? He's always been our doctor up here. Everything's the matter with him. He's cheap, old quack. That's right. Run him down. Everyone's a fake to you. All right. I'm a fool to argue. You can't change the leopard's spots. No, you can't. You've taught me that lesson only too well. I wouldn't care if you ever display the slightest sign of gratitude. The only thanks is to have you sneer at me for a dirty miser. Sneer at my profession. Sneer at everything in the world except yourself. That's not true, Papa. You can't hear me talking to myself, that's all. Ingratitude is a vilest weed that grows. The less you say about Edmund's sickness, the better for your conscience. You're more responsible than anyone. That's a lie! I won't stand for that, Papa! It's the truth! You've been the worst influence on him. He grew up admiring you as a hero, a fine example you set him. If you ever gave him advice, except in the ways of rottenness, I've never heard of it. I like to see anyone influence Edmund more than he wants to be. His quietness fools people into thinking they can do what they like with him. But he's stubborn inside and does what he wants to do. And the hell with anyone else. What had I to do with all those crazy stunts he's pulled in the last few years, working his way all over the map as a sailor and all that stuff? Whatever Edmund's done, he's had the guts to go off on his own. It's bad luck right now that Edmund should be sick. He couldn't have come at a worse time for him. Or for your mother. It's bad that she should have this upset her right now when she just needs freedom from worry. She's been so well in the past two months since she came home. It's been heaven to me. This home has been home again. But I needn't tell you that, Jamie. I felt the same way, Papa. Yes. This time you can see how strong and sure of herself she is. She has a different woman entirely from the other times. She has control of her nerves. Or she did until Edmund got sick. Now you can feel her growing tense and frightened underneath. I wish we could keep the truth from her. But we can't if he has to be sent to a sanatorium. Yes, it will be hard for her, but she can do it. She has the willpower now. We mustn't help her, Jamie, in every way we can. Of course, Papa. Outside of nerves, she seems perfectly all right this morning. Never better. She's full of fun and mischief. Why do you say seems? Why shouldn't she be all right? What do you mean? Don't start jumping down my throat. Papa, this ought to be one thing we can talk over, frankly, without a battle. I'm sorry, Jamie. But go on, tell me. There's nothing to tell. I was all wrong. It's just that last night, well, you know how it is. I can't forget the past. I can't help being suspicious. Any more than you can. It makes it hell for Mama. She watches us, watching her. I know. Well, what was it? Can't you speak out? Nothing, I tell you. Just my foolishness. Around three o'clock this morning, I woke up and heard her moving around in the spare room. Then she went to the bathroom. I pretended to be asleep. She stopped in the hall to listen, as if to make sure I was. Is that all? She told me herself the following kept her awake all night. It was her being in the spare room that scared me. 
I couldn't help but remembering that when she starts sleeping alone in there, it had always been a sign. It isn't this time. It's easily explained. Where else could she go last night to get away from my snoring? How could you live with the mind that sees nothing but the worst motives behind everything is beyond me? Don't pull that. I just said it was all wrong. Don't you suppose I'm, I'm as glad of that as you are? I'm sure you are, Jamie. It'd be like a curse she can't escape from if worry over Edmund. It was her long sickness after bringing him into this world that she first... She didn't have anything to do with it. I'm not blaming her. Then who are you blaming, Edmund, for being born? You fool! No one was to blame! The doctor was, Mama said. He was another cheap quack like Hardy. You wouldn't pay for a first rate. That's a lie! So I'm to blame? Is that what you're driving at? You evil-minded loafer! Shh. Well, if we're going to cut the front hedge today, you better go to work. I actually hear you suggest work on the front hedge, Jamie. Wonders will never cease. What were you two arguing about? Same old stuff. I heard you say something about a doctor, and your father accusing you of being evil-minded. Oh, that. I was just saying, again, Doc Hardy isn't my idea of the world's greatest physician. Uh, no, I wouldn't say he was either. Well, if you're going to work on the front hedge, why don't you go? Uh, I mean, take advantage of the sunshine before the fog comes back. Because I know it will. Or, I should say, the rheumatism in my hands knows. It's a better weather prophet than you are, James. Ugh, how ugly they are. Who'd ever believe they were once beautiful? No, now, Mary. None of that foolishness. The sweetest hands in the world. Come on, Jamie. Your mother's right to scold us. The way to start work is to start work. We're all so proud of you, Mama. So darned happy. But you've still got to be careful. You mustn't worry so much about Edmund. He'll be all right. Of course he'll be all right. I don't know what you mean, warning me to be careful. All right, Mama. Sorry I spoke. Oh, here you are. I was just going upstairs to look for you. I waited until they went out. I don't want to mix up in any arguments. I feel too rotten. Big as you are, you're still the baby of the family to me, you know. Don't remind me. You take care of yourself. That's all that counts. But I am a dear. <laughs> don't you see how fat I've grown? I'll have to have all my dresses let up. Ugh, they've started clipping the hedge. I never wanted to live here in the first place, but your father liked it and insisted on building this house, and I've had to come here every summer. Well, it's better than spending the summer in a New York hotel, isn't it? And this town's not so bad. I like it well enough. I suppose because it's the only home we've had. Never felt it was my home. It was wrong from the start. Everything was done in the cheapest way. Mama, forget it. I know it's useless talk, but sometimes I feel so lonely. You've got to be fair, Mama. Even if it was his fault in the beginning, you know that later on, even if he'd wanted to, we couldn't have had people here. I mean, you wouldn't have wanted them. Please, don't. I can't bear having you remind me. Don't take it that way. Please, Mama. I'm trying to help. Because it's bad for you to forget. The right way is to remember, so you'll always be on your guard. You know what's happened before. Mama, you know I hate to remind you. I'm doing it because it's been so wonderful having you home the way you've been, and it would be terrible if- Please, dear. I know you mean it for the best, but I don't understand why you should suddenly say such things. 
Who put it on your mind this morning? Just because I feel rotten and blue, I suppose. Tell me the truth. Why are you so suspicious all of a sudden? I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. I can feel it. Your father and Jamie, too, particularly. And don't Jamie. start imagining things, Mama. It makes it so much harder living in this atmosphere of constant suspicion, knowing everyone is spying on me, and none of you believe in me or trust me. That's crazy, Mama. We do trust you. There's only some place I could go to to get away for a day. Even in the afternoon. Some woman friend I could talk to, not about anything serious. Simply to laugh and gossip and forget for a little while. Stop it, Mama. You're getting yourself worked up over nothing. Well, your father goes out. You and Jamie have the boys, you know. You go out. But I'm alone. I've always been alone. Come now, you know that's a fib. One of us always stays around to keep you company, or goes with you in the automobile when you take a drive. Because you're afraid to trust me alone. I insist you tell me why you act so differently this morning. Why you felt you had the need to remind me that- It's stupid. It's just that I wasn't asleep when you came in my room last night. And you didn't go back in your and Papa's room. You, you went into the spare room for the rest of the night. Because your father snoring was driving me crazy. For heaven's sake, haven't I often used a spare room as my bedroom? But I see what you thought. I didn't think anything. So you pretended to be asleep in order to spy on me? No, I did it because I knew if you found out I was feverish and couldn't sleep, it would upset you. Jamie was pretending to be asleep too, I'm sure. And I suppose your father was... Stop it, Mama. <laughs> can't bear it, Edmund, when even you... It would serve you all right if it was true. Mama, that's the way you talk when... Stop suspecting me. Please, dear, you heard me. I couldn't sleep because I was thinking about you. That's the real reason. I've been so worried ever since you've been sick. That's foolishness. You know it's only a bad summer cold. Yes, of course. I know that. I want you to promise me something, Mama. Even if it should turn out to be something worse, you'll know I'll soon be all right again anyways, and you won't worry yourself sick, and you'll keep on taking care of yourself. I won't listen when you're so silly. There's absolutely no reason to talk as if you expected something dreadful. Of course, I promise you. I give you my sacred word of honor. But I suppose you're remembering I've promised before on my word of honor. No. I'm not blaming you, dear. How can you help it? How can any one of us forget? That's what makes it so hard for all of us. Mama, stop it! Don't worry, dear. I didn't mean to be so gloomy. Don't mind me. Here, let me feel your head. Why, it's nice and cool. You certainly haven't any fever now. Forget it. It's, it's you who... I'm quite all right, dear. Except I naturally feel tired and nervous this morning after such a bad night. I really ought to go upstairs and lie down until lunchtime and take a nap. What are you going to do? Are you here? It would be much better for you to go out in the fresh air and sunshine. <laughs> or are you afraid to trust me alone? No! Can't you stop talking like that? Thinking one, eh? Cut the, out the bluff, kid. You're a rottener actor than I am. <sighs> yes, I grabbed one while the going was good. That's better. Why kid me? We're pals, ain't we? I didn't know it was you coming. 
I made the old man look at this watch. Why don't you grab one while you've got a chance? I was thinking of that little thing. And here's the water you've been drinking. Fine. You don't think it'll fool him, do you? Maybe not, but he can't prove it. If he doesn't forget lunch listening to himself talk, I'm hungry. You're in luck to be hungry. The way I feel, I don't care if I ever eat again. Listen, kid, you know me. I've never lectured you, but Doc Hardy was right when he told you to cut out the red eye. Well, I'm going to after he gives me the bad news this afternoon. See you before then won't make any difference. I'm glad you've got your mind prepared for bad news. Won't be such a jolt. I mean, it's akin to you're really sick. It'd be wrong to dope to kid yourself. I'm not. I know how rotten I feel. The fever and chills I get at night are no joke. I think Dr. Hardy's last guess must have been right. Must be the malaria come back on me. Maybe, but don't be too sure. Why? What do you think it is? How would I know? I'm no doc. Where's Mama? Upstairs. When did she go up? Oh, about the time I came down to the hedge, I guess. Uh, she said she was going to take a nap. You didn't tell me. Why should I? What about it? She's tired out. She didn't get much sleep last night. I know she didn't. That foghorn kept me awake, too. She's been up, upstairs alone all morning, eh? You haven't seen her? Is she coming down to lunch? Of course. No, of course about it. She might not want any arms. Or she might start having most of her meals alone upstairs. That's happened, hasn't it? Cut it out, Jamie. Can't you think anything but... You're all wrong to suspect anything. Then she wasn't taking a nap? Not right then, but she was lying down. In the spare room. Yes, what of it? You fool! Why did you leave her alone so long? Why didn't you stick around? Because she accused me and you and Papa of not trusting her all the time and spying on her. She made me feel ashamed. I know how rotten it must be for her. And she promised on her sacred word of honor. You ought to know that doesn't mean anything. It does this time. That's what we thought all the other times. Listen, kid, remember, I've seen a lot more of this game than you have. And now you tell me she's got you to leave her alone upstairs all morning? She didn't. You're crazy. All right, kid. Don't start a battle with me. I hope as much as you do I'm crazy. I've been happy because I've really begun to believe that she's coming downstairs. You went on that, I guess. I'm a suspicious louse. Listen, talk like that. It's bad for your throat. But I seem to be always picking on you, telling you don't do this, don't do that. Forgive me, dear. It's just I want to take care of you. No, Mama. How about you? Do you feel rested? Oh, yes. Ever so much better. I've been lying down ever since you went out. It's what I needed after such a restless night. I don't feel That's nervous fine. now. Well, where's your father? I heard Kathleen call him. She's down there now, interrupting the famous beautiful voice. She should have more respect. See you who should have more respect. Stop sneering at your father. I won't have it. You have to be proud you're his son. He may have his faults, and who hasn't? But he's worked hard all his life. 
He's made his way up from ignorance and poverty to the top of his profession. Everyone else admires him, and you should be the last one to sneer. You, who, thanks to him, have never had to work a hard day in your life. Mama, why jump on Jamie all of a sudden? Because he's always sneering at someone else, always looking for the worst weakness in everyone. But I suppose life has made him like that, and he can't help it. None of us can help the things life has done to us. They're done before you realize it. And once they're done, they make you do other things until at last everything comes between you and what you'd like to be, and you've lost your true self forever. I'll make him get a move on. Papa, come on! We can't wait all day. Why do you stare like that? You know. I don't know. Oh, do you think you can fool me, Mama? I'm not blind. I don't know what you're talking about. No? Take a look at your eyes in the mirror. He'll be here in a minute. What happened? What's the matter, Mama? Your brother ought to be ashamed of himself. He's been insinuating I don't know what. He can't help being what the past has made him. But what is a lie? Well, now you're talking in riddles like Jamie. Edmund, don't... There's your father coming up the steps now. Well? Well what? You're a liar. Here's Papa. I hope he loosens up, loosens up with the old bottle. It's alright. The level bottle hasn't changed. I wasn't noticing that. Has it proved anything with you around? I'm on your tricks. Did I hear you say, let's all have a drink? In moderation. Well, it'd be a waste of breath mentioning moderation to you. Here's the health and happiness. That's a joke. What is? Nothing. Here's how. Let's see. I've been working in the dirt under the hedge all morning. I've earned my grub. Come on, kid. Let's put on the feed bag. Yes, you go with your mother, lads. I'll join you in a second. Why do you look at me like that? Is it my hair coming down? I was so worn out from last night, I thought I'd better lie down this morning. I drowsed off and had a nice, refreshing nap. But I'm sure I fixed my hair again when I woke up. <laughs> Although, as usual, I couldn't find my glasses. Please stop staring. One would think you were accusing me. Jamie, James, you don't understand. I understand that I've been a fool to believe in you. Don't know what you mean by believing in me. All I felt was distrust and spying and suspicion. James, please, you don't understand. I'm worried about Edmund. I'm so afraid. <laughs> I don't want to listen to your excuses, Mary. Excuses? You mean, oh, you can't believe that of me. You mustn't believe that, James. Shall I not go into lunch, dear? I don't want anything, but I know you're hungry. James, I, I tried so hard. I tried so hard. Please believe me. I suppose you did, Mary. For the love of God. Why couldn't you have the strength to keep on? You don't know what you're talking about. Have the strength to keep on what? Never mind. It's no use now. Hello? Oh, how are you, doctor? I see. Well, you'll explain it to him when you see him this afternoon. Yes, he'd be there around four without fail. Goodbye, Doctor. That didn't sound like glad tidings. It was Doc Hardy. 
He wants to be sure you see him around four. What did he say? I wouldn't believe him if he swore on a stack of Bibles. You mustn't pay attention to a word he says, Edmund. Mary! Oh, we all realize why you like him, James. Because it's cheap. Please don't try to tell me. I know all about Dr. Hardy. Heaven knows I ought to after all these years. He's an ignorant fool. When you're in agony and half insane, he sits and holds your hand and delivers sermons on willpower. He deliberately humiliates you. He makes you beg and plead. He treats you like a criminal. He understands nothing. And yet it was exactly the same type of cheap quack who first gave you the medicine and you never knew what it was until too late. Mama, stop talking. Yes, Mary, it's no time. I, forgive me, Terry. You're right. It's useless to be angry now. I'm going upstairs for a moment, if you'll excuse me. I have to fix my hair. Mary! Yes, dear. What is it? Oh, nothing. You're welcome to come up and watch me if you're so suspicious. As if that would do any good. You'd only postpone it. And I'm not your jailer. This isn't a prison. No. I know you can't help thinking it's a home. It's not your fault. Another shot in the arm. Cut out that kind of talk. Have you no pity or decency? No pity? I have all the pity in the world for her. I understand what a hard game to beat she's up against, which is more than you ever have. My lingo don't mean I have no feeling. I was merely putting bluntly what we all know and have to live with again. The cure's no good except for a while. The truth is there is no cure and we've been saps to hope. They never come back. They never come back. Everything is in the bag. It's all a frame-up. We're all fall guys and suckers. And we can't beat the game. I felt the way you do. I thought you did. Your poetry isn't very cheery. The stuff you read and claim to admire. Your poet with an unpronounceable name, for example. Misha, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't read him. Enough to know he's a load of bunk. Shut up, both of you. There's little choice between the philosophy you learn from the Broadway loafers and the one Edmund's got from his books. They're both rotten to the core. You've both flouted the faith you were born up and brought in. The one true faith of the Catholic Church. And your denial has brought nothing but self-destruction. That's the bunk, Papa. We don't pretend at any rate. I don't notice you've worn any holes in the knees of your pants going to Mass. It's true. I am a bad Catholic in observance. But God forgive me. But I believe, and you're a liar, I may not go to church, but every night and morning of my life, I get on my knees and pray. Did you pray for Mama? I did. I prayed to God these many years for her. And Nisha must be right. God is dead. Of his pity for man, God died. If your mother had prayed too, she hadn't denied your faith, but she forgotten it. Until now, there's no strength of the spirit left in her to fight against her curse. But what's the good talk? We lived with this before, and now we must again. There's no help for it. Only I wish that she hadn't led me to hope this time. But I will never do it again. That's a rotten thing to say, Papa. Well, I'll hope. She's just started. Can't have got a hold on her yet. She can still stop. I'm going to talk to her. You can't talk to her now. She'll listen, but she won't listen. She'll be here, but she won't be here. You know the way she gets. Yes. 
That's the way the poison acts on her. Every day from now on, they'll be the same drifting away from us until by the end of each Cut it out, Pop! What did Doc Hardy say about the kid? It's what you thought. He's got consumption. There's no possible doubt, he said. I'll have to go to a sanatorium. Yes, and the sooner the better. Hardy said for him and everyone around him. Where does Hardy want to send him? That's what I'm going to see him about. Well, pick out a good place, not some cheap dump. I'll send him wherever Hardy thinks best. Well, don't give your Hardy your old over-the-hills-to-the-poor-house song about taxes and mortgages. Keep your nose out of my business. This is Edmund's business. I'd better go uptown with Edmund. The bad news coming on top of what's happened to Mama may hit him hard. Yes, go with him, Jamie. If you can go without making any excuse of getting drunk. What's the matter with Jamie? Time to be nagging at him again. You shouldn't treat him with contempt all the time. He's not to blame. I don't see Jamie going down to the hedge. Where did he go? He's going with Edmund up to the doctor's. I better do the same, or I'll be late for my appointment at the club. No, please wait a little while, dear. You'll all be leaving me so soon. It's you who are leaving us, Mary. I? That's a silly thing to say, James. How could I leave? There's nowhere I could go. Who would I go see? I have no friends. Mary. Dear Mary. For my sake, and the boy's sake, and your own, won't you stop now? James, please... Stop what? What are you talking about? James, we've loved each other. We always will. Let's remember only that and not try to understand what we cannot understand or help the things that cannot be helped. The things that life has done to us, we cannot excuse or explain. You won't even try? Well, come to think of it, I do have to drive uptown. There's something I must get at the drugstore. Leave it to you to have some hidden stuff and prescriptions for more. I hope you lay in good stock ahead so we'll never have another night like the one when you screamed and ran out of the house in your nightdress, half crazy, try to throw yourself off the dock. James, you mustn't remember. You mustn't humiliate me so. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Mary. It doesn't matter. Nothing like that ever happened. You must have dreamed it. No, oh, I was so healthy before Edmund was born. You remember, James. There wasn't a nerve in my body. Bearing Edmund was the last straw. I was so sick afterwards, and that ignorant quack of a cheap hotel doctor. All he knew was I was in pain. So easy for him to stop the pain. Mary, forget the past. Why? How can I? The past is the present, isn't it? It's the future, too. We all try to lie out of that like life won't let us. I don't blame only myself. I swore after Eugene died I would never have another baby. I was to blame for his death. Are you back with Eugene now? Can't you let our dead baby rest in peace? I knew I proved by the way I'd left Eugene I wasn't worthy to have another baby. And that God would punish me if I did. I never should have borne Edmund. Mary, be careful with your talk. If he heard you, he might think you never wanted him. He's feeling bad enough already without... That's a lie! I did want him. More than anything in the world. You don't understand. I meant for his sake. He's never been happy. He never will be. Here's Edmund. Try and be yourself. At least until he goes. You can do that much for him. Well, you look spick and span. I'm on my way to change up, too. Listen, Mama. Now, now, don't talk. Mama, please listen. 
I wanted to ask you something. You're only just started. You can still stop. You've got the willpower. We'll all help you. I'll do anything, won't please, you, Mama? Please don't. Talk about things you don't understand. All right. I give up. I knew it was no use. I don't blame you, dear. How could you believe me? I can't even believe myself. I've become such a liar. I never lied about anything once upon a time. Now I have to lie, especially to myself. How can you understand? I've never understood anything about it. Except that one day, long ago, I found I could no longer call my soul my own. Someday, dear, I will find it again. Someday, when you're all well and I see you healthy and happy and successful, and I don't have to feel guilty anymore. Someday, when the Blessed Virgin Mary forgives me, gives me back the faith and her love and pity. She sees that no one in the world can believe in me even for a moment anymore. With her help, it will be so easy. I will hear myself scream with agony, and at the same time, I'll laugh. So I'll be so sure of myself. <laughs> of course, you can't believe that either. Now I think of it, you might as well go uptown. I forgot. I'm taking a drive. I have to go to the drugstore. You would hardly want to go there with me. I'd be so ashamed. Oh, don't. Go on, Edmund. Jamie's waiting. And there comes your father downstairs, too. I'm coming. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Mama. Are you there, Mary? I'm here, dear, in the living room. I've been waiting for you. I'm so happy you've come. I'd given up hope. I was afraid you wouldn't come home. Where's Jamie? But of course, he'll never come home so long as he has the price of a drink left. I'm afraid Jamie has been lost to us for a long time, dear. It's very dreary and sad to be alone here in the fog with night falling. I'm glad I came, Mary. When you act like your real self. So lonesome I kept Kathleen with me just to have someone to talk to. Do you know what I was telling her, dear? About the night my father took me to your dressing room and I first fell in love with you. Do you remember? How could I ever forget, Mary? No. No, I know you still love me, James, in spite of everything. Yes, as God is my judge, always and forever, Mary. And I love you, dear, in spite of everything. Listen, Mama, you're not so far gone yet you've forgotten everything. You haven't asked me what I found out this afternoon. Don't you care? Don't say that. You hurt me, dear. What I've got is serious, Mama. That lying old quack. I warned you he'd invent- He called in a specialist to examine me so he'd be absolutely sure. Don't tell me about Hardy. Oh, don't, my baby, you hurt me so dreadfully. I'm going to tell you whether you want to hear or not. I've got to go to a sanatorium. Go away. No, I won't have it. How dare Dr. Hardy advise such a thing without consulting me? How dare your father allow him? What right has he? You're my baby. Stop talking crazy, can't you, Mama? Stop trying to blame him. Why are you against my going away now? I've been away a lot. I never noticed it broke your heart. I'm afraid you're not very sensitive after all. You might have guessed, dear, that after I knew you knew about me, I had to be glad whenever you were where you couldn't see me. Mama, don't. I can't stay here. I don't want any dinner. I must go upstairs. I... I haven't taken enough. 
<laughs> some day without meeting it. I will take an overdose. I never could do it deliberately. Blessed Virgin would never forgive me. Don't say that. It's not true. They promised me in six months he'd be cured. Where's Edmund? He went out. He said he didn't want any dinner. Doesn't seem to have any appetite these days. But it's just a summer cold. James, I'm so frightened. I know he's going to die. Don't say that. It's not true. They promised me in six months he'd be cured. You don't believe that. I can tell when you're acting. And it will be my fault. Never should have borne him. It would have been better for his sake. I could never hurt him then. He wouldn't have to know his mother was a dope fiend and hate her. Hush, Mary. And he's proud that you're his mother. Come along, dear. Let's have our dinner. I'm as hungry as a hunter. I'm afraid you'll have to excuse me, James. I couldn't possibly eat anything. My hands pain me dreadfully. I think the best thing for me to do is go to bed and rest. Good night, dear. Up to take more of that poison, is it? You'll be like a mad ghost before the night's over. I don't know what you're talking about, James. You say such mean, bitter things when you've drunk too much. You're as bad as Jamie or Edmund. Who's that? Is that you, Edmund? Yes. Turn that light out before you come in. I'm glad you've come, lad. I've been so lonely. You're a fine one to run away and leave me to sit alone here all night when you know. All right, all right, I'll stop. God knows I don't like the subject either. Will you join me in a drink? Ah, now you're talking. Drink hearty. It's not a night I'd pick for a long walk. The fog was where I wanted to be. Halfway down the path, you can't see this house. You'd never know it was here. I didn't meet a soul. That's what I wanted. To be alone with myself in another world where truth is untrue and life can hide from itself. Down the road along the beach, I almost lost the feeling of being on land. Fog and the sea seemed part of each other. It was like walking on the bottom of the sea, as if I had drowned long ago, as if the fog and the sea were almost seemed part of each other. I was a ghost belonging to the fog, and the fog was the ghost of the sea. It felt peaceful to be nothing more than a ghost within a ghost. I'm talking sense. Who wants to see life as, they can, as it is if, if they can help it? You have a poet in you, but it's a morbid one. Devil take your pessimism. I feel low-spirited enough. Why can't you remember your Shakespeare and forget that third Raiders? You'll find what you're saying in him, as you'll find everything else worth saying. We are such dreams that clouds are made of, and our little life is rounded with sleep. Fine, that's beautiful, but I wasn't trying to say that. We are such stuff as manure is made on, so let's drink up and forget it. That's more my idea. Ah, keep such sentiments to yourself. I shouldn't have given you that drink. Perhaps it would be wise to change the subject. You can't accuse me of not knowing Shakespeare. Didn't I win five dollars from you on a bet once that I could learn a leading part of his in a week? I recite. I learned Macbeth and recited it letter perfect with you giving me the cues. 
That is true. So you did. It was a terrible ordeal. I remember hearing you murder those lines. I kept wishing I'd paid over the bet without making you prove it. He's coming downstairs. We'll play our game. Pretend not to notice until she'll soon go up again. I don't see her. She must have started down and then turned back. Thank God. Yes, it's pretty horrible to see her the way she must be now. Hardest thing to take is the blank wall she builds around her. It's more like a bank of fog in which she hides and loses herself. Deliberately. You know something in her does it deliberately. Yet beyond our reach to be rid of us. Forget we're alive. It's as if, in spite of loving us, she hated us. Now, now, lad. It's not her. It's the poison. She's been terribly frightened about your illness for all her pretending. Don't be too hard on her, lad. Once that cursed poison gets a hold of anyone. It never should have got a hold on her in the first place. I know all, I know well she's not to blame. And I know who is. It's you. Your stinginess. If you'd spent money to get her a decent doctor when she was so sick after I was born, she'd never have known morphine existed. I'm talking about mama, and I'm saying that how no matter how you excuse yourself, you know well your stinginess is to born. And I say you're a liar. After you found out she'd been made a morphine addict, why didn't you send her to the cure then, at the start, when she still had a chance? No, that would have meant spending some money. I'll bet you told her all she had to do was use a little willpower. That's what you believe in your heart. It's bad what doctors really know something about it have told you. You lie again. I know better than that now, but how was I to know then? I spent thousands upon thousands on cures. What good have they done her? She's always started again. Because you've never given her anything that would make her want to stay off it. No home except this summer dump in a place she hates. You've dragged her around on the road with no one to talk to. Waiting night after night in dirty hotel rooms for you to come home after the bars closed. Is it any wonder she didn't want to be cured? When I think of it, I hate your guts. Edmund, how dare you talk to your father like this after all that I've done for you? We'll come to that, what you're doing for me. Will you stop repeating your mother's crazy accusations, which she never makes unless the poison is talking? I never dragged her on this road against her will. Naturally, I wanted her to come with me. I love her, and she came because she loved me and wanted to be with me. And that is the truth, no matter what she says when she's not herself. Didn't mean it, Papa. I'm like Mama. I can't help loving you, in spite of everything. <laughs> I might say the same about you. You're no great shakes of a sum. It's a case of a poor thing but my own. You mustn't let yourself get too darn downhearted, lad. But the bad news you've had today, both doctors promise me you'll be cured in six months, or a year at most. Don't kid me. You don't believe that. Of course I believe it. You think I'm going to die. That's a lie. You're crazy. So why waste money? That's why you're sending me to a state farm. What state farm? The Hilton Sanatorium? That's all I know. And both doctors said it would be the best place for you. For the money? That is, for nothing or practically nothing. Don't lie, Papa. 
You know well Hilltown Sanatorium is a state institution. Jamie suspected you'd cry poorhouse to Hardy and worm the truth out of him. That drunken loafer. I'll kick him out in the gutter. Can't deny it's the truth about the state farm, can you? It's not the true way you look at it. What if it's run by the state? That's nothing against it. Hardy and the specialists know what you're worth. I wonder what they thought of you when they heard you money poorhouse and showing you wanted to wish me on charity. That's a lie. I told them I couldn't afford any millionaire sanatorium because I was land poor. And that is the truth. Don't lie about it. Papa, ever since I went to sea and it was on my own, I found out what hard work for little pay was and what it felt like to be broke and starve and camp on park benches because I had no place to sleep. I've tried to be fair to you because I knew what you'd been up against as a kid. I tried to make allowances. But this last stunt of yours is too much. It makes me want to puke. Not because of the rotten way you're treating me. I've treated you rottenly in my way more than once. But to think, when it's a question of your own son having consumption, you can show yourself up before the whole town as such a stinking old tightwad. Don't you know Hardy and the specialists will talk? And the whole town will know? Papa, haven't you any pride or shame? I don't think I'll let you get away with it. I won't go to any state farm just to save you a few lousy dollars to buy more bum property with. You stinking old miser. Be quiet. <coughs> don't say that to me. You're drunk. I won't mind it. Stop coughing, lad. You've got yourself all worked up over nothing. Who said you had to go to some Hilton place? You can go wherever you like. I don't give a crap about what you cost. I care about you getting well. Don't call me a stinking miser just because I don't want the doctors to think they can just swindle me. I don't want you to go to any millionaire sanatorium. Thanks. A stinking miser. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I can't help being. It was at home I first learned the value of the dollar and can fear the poorhouse. I've never been able to believe in my luck since. I've always feared it would change and everything I had would be taken away. You said you realized what I've been up against as a boy. How could you? You've had everything. Nurses, schools, college. Though you didn't stay there. Oh, I know you had a fling of hard work with your back and hands, a bit of homelessness and pennilessness in a foreign land. And I respect you for it. But it was a game of romance and adventure for you. It was play. Yes, particularly the time I tried to commit suicide at Jimmy the Priest's, and almost did. You weren't in your right mind. No son of mine would ever. You were drunk. I was stone-cold sober. That was the problem. I'd stopped to think too long. Don't start on your atheist morbidness again. When I was ten, my father deserted my mother and went back to Ireland to die. My mother was left a stranger in a strange land with four small children. There's no romance in our poverty. Twice, we were evicted from our miserable hovel we called home. My mother with a few sticks of furniture thrown out in the street. My mother and sister were crying. I cried too because, though I tried not to, I was a man of the family. At 10 years old, there's no more school for me. I worked 12 hour days in a machine shop learning to make files, a dirty barn of a place where raindrops drip through the roof. 
where you roast it in the summer and there's no stove in the winter and your hands got numb with cold. The only light that came through two small filthy windows. So on gray days, I'd have to sit bent over with my eyes almost touching the files in order to see. It was in those days I learned to be a miser. And once you learned a lesson, it is hard. You can choose any place you like, any place you like within reason. Doesn't matter. Let's forget it. Well, no matter, it's late in the day for regrets. I'm glad you've told me this. I know you better now. Maybe I shouldn't have told you. Maybe you only feel more contempt for me. Who are you laughing at? Not at you, Papa. At life. It's so crazy. More of your morbidness? There's nothing wrong with life. It's we who... The fault of Brutus. It's not our stars, but in ourselves that we are underlings. You've told me some high spots in your memories. Wanna hear mine? They're all connected with the sea. Here's one. When I was on the square head, square rigger, bound for Buenos Aires, I lay on the bowsprit, facing astern, the water foaming into spume under me. Masts with every sail, white in the moonlight, towering high above me. I became drunk with the beauty and singing rhythm of it. And for a moment, I lost myself, actually lost my life. I was set free. I dissolved in the sea, became white sails and flying spray, became beauty and rhythm, became moonlight and the ship and the high dim-starred sky. I belonged, without past or future, in peace and unity and a wild joy. Then something greater than my own life for the life of man, Life itself. It was a great mistake, my being born a man. I would have been much more successful as a seagull or fish. As it is, I will always be a stranger. He never feels at home. He does not really want, is not really wanted. He never belong. He must always be a little in love with death. Yes, there's a making of a poet in you, all right. But that morbid craziness about not being wanted and loved death the makings of a poet no i'm afraid i'm like the guy who's always panhandling for a smoke i haven't got the makings he's only got the habit i couldn't touch what i tried to tell you just now i just stammered that's the best i'll ever do i mean if i live well it'll be faithful realism at least stammering is the native eloquence of us fog Oh, that sounds like the absent brother. That loafer. Get him to bed, Edmund. I'll go out on the porch. He has a tongue like an adder when he's drunk. I won't lose my temper. What ho, what ho. Nick's on the loud noise. Oh, hello, kid. Oh. Where's the old tightwad? Out on the porch. Can't expect us to live in the black hole of Calcutta. 
Can't, that's the trouble. Had enough to sink a ship, but can't sink. Well, here's to hoping. Shove over the bottle. I'll have one, too. No, you don't. Not while I'm around. Remember, doctor's orders. Maybe no one else gives a care if you die, but I do. My kid brother. I love your guts, kid. Everything else is gone. You're all I've got left. So no booze for you, if I can help it. Oh, lay off it. You don't believe I care, eh? Just drunken bull. Sure, I know you care, Jamie. And I'm going on the wagon. But tonight doesn't count. Here's how. I know, kid. It's been a lousy day for you. I'll bet old Gaspar hasn't tried to keep you off booze. Probably gave you... Probably give you a case to take with you to the state farm for pauper patients. Oh, Papa's all right if you try to understand him and keep your sense of humor. He's been putting on that old sob act for you, eh? Can't, he can always kid you, but not me ever again. Yes, I told him I wouldn't go there. It's all settled now. He said I can go anywhere I want. Within reason, of course. Of course, lad. Anything within reason. That means another cheap dumb. Old Gadsper, the miser in the bells. That's the part you can play without makeup. Oh, shut up. I've heard that old Gadsper stuff a million times. All right, if you're satisfied, let him get it away with it. It's your funeral. Man, I hope it won't be. Shut up! Where's the hophead? Gone to sleep? I know you'd never say that unless... Jamie, no matter how drunk you are, it's no excuse. Time Mama had me fooled. I really believed that she had licked it. She always, th she thinks I always believe the worst, but this time I believe the best. I suppose I can't forgive her yet. Yet it meant so much that I'd begin to hope if she'd beat the game, I could too. Don't I know how you feel? Stop it, Jamie. I've known about Mama so much longer than you. Never forget the first time I got wise. Caught her in the act with a hippo. And then this stuff of you getting consumption, it's got me licked. We've been more than brothers. You're the only pill I've ever had. I love your guts. I'd do anything for you. I know that, Jamie. Yet, I bet you heard Mama and old Gasper spill so much bunk about me hoping for the worst you'd suspect right now. I'm thinking to myself that Papa's old and can't last much longer, and if you were to die, Mama and I would get all he's got. So I'm probably hoping- Shut up. Don't put that in your mind. Don't be a dumbbell. What I said, always suspecting for the worst. I've got, so I can't help. What are you trying to do, accuse me? Don't play wise guy with me. I've learned more of life than you, you'll ever know. You're only an overgrown kid. Mama's baby and Papa's pet. The family white hope. You know I don't mean it. No one hopes more than I do. It would knock them all dead. No one, in, no one in, is prouder to you started making it good. Why shouldn't I be proud? It's purely selfish. You reflected credit on me. I've had more to do with bringing you up than anyone. I wise you up about women so you'd never be a full guy make mistakes you didn't want to make, and who steered you on the reading poetry first. Swanbird, for example. I did. And because I once wanted to write, I planted it in your mind that someday you'd write. You're more than my brother. 
I made you. You're my Frankenstein. All right, I'm your Frankenstein. So let's have a drink. Crazy nut. I'll have a drink. Got to take care of you. Listen, kid, you'll be going away. May not get another chance to talk. Something I had to told you a long time ago, for your own good. Not drunken bull, but in vino veritas stuff. You better take it seriously. Want to warn you against me. Papa and Mama are, are right. I've been rotten and I've been a rotten bad influence. And the worst of it is I did it on purpose. Shut up. I I don't want to hear. Nick's kid, you listen. Did it on purpose to make a bum of you, or part of me did. Big part. That part has been dead so long. That hates life. Me putting you wise so you learn from my mistakes. Believe that might be self at times, but it's fake. Made my mistakes look good. Made looking, getting drunk romantic. Made fun of a sucker's game. Never wanted you to succeed and made you look even worse by comparison. Wanted you to fail. Always jealous of you. Mama's baby, Papa's pet. And it was you, you being, and it was you being born that started Mama and Dope. I know it's not your fault, but all the same. I can't help hating your guts. Jamie, cut it out. You're crazy. But don't get the wrong idea, kid. I love you more than I hate you. My saying what I'm telling you now proves it. I run the risk that you'll hate me, and you're all I've got left. But I don't mean to tell you that last stuff. Go that far back. Don't know what made you be. What I wanted to say is I'd like to see you become the greatest success in the world. But you better be on your guard. Can't help it. I hate myself. Got to take revenge on everybody else, especially you. Jamie, you really have gone crazy. Think it over and you'll see I'm right. Make up your mind and you've got to tie a can to me. You get me out of your life. Think of me as dead. Tell people, I had a brother, but he's dead. And when you come back, look out for me. I'll be waiting to welcome you with that my old pal stuff and give you the glad hand and the first good chance I get to stab you in the back. Shut up! Only don't forget me. Remember, I warned you. For your sake, give me credit. Greater love hath no man than this, than he saveth his brother from himself. That's all. Feel better now. Gone to confession. You know, know you absolve me, don't you, kid? You understand? You're a kid. Ought to be. I made you. So go and get well. Don't die on me. You're all I've got left. God bless you, kid. That last drink, the old KO. Thank God he's asleep. Better let him stay there where he can sleep it off. I heard the last part of his talk. That's what I want. That's what I warned you about. I hoped you'd heed the warning. Now that it comes from his own mouth. But don't take too much of it to heart, lad. He loves over-exaggerating the worst of himself when he's drunk. He's devoted to you. It's the one good thing left in him. A sweet spectacle for me, my firstborn, who I hoped would bear my name in honor and dignity, who showed the such brilliant promise. Keep quiet, can't you, Papa? A waste, a wreck, a drunken hulk. Done with and finished. I wish you could go to bed so that I could too. I'm dog tired. Can't stay up all night like I used to. I'm getting old. 
Odin finished. Can't keep my eyes open. I think I'll catch a few winks. Why don't you do the same, Edmund? We'll pass time until she. The man scene. Enter Ophelia. Good boy, Edmund. The dirty blackguard. His own mother. All right, kid. Have it coming. But I told you how much I'd hoped. I'll kick you out in the gutter. Jamie, stop it. No, I play so badly now. I'm all out of practice. Sister Teresa will give me a dreadful scolding. She'll tell me it isn't fair to my father when he spends so much money for extra lessons. Oh, she's quite right. It isn't fair. He's so good and generous and so proud of me. Practice every day from now on. Oh, but something horrible has happened to my hands. The fingers have gotten so stiff. Knuckles are all swollen. Oh, they're so ugly. I'll have to go to the infirmary and show Sister Martha. She's old and a little cranky, but I love her just the same. And she has things in her medicine chest that'll cure anything. She'll give me something to rub on my hands and tell me to pray to the Blessed Virgin and they'll be well again in no time. Let me see. What did I come here to find? It's terrible how absent-minded I've become. I'm always dreaming and forgetting. What's that she carrying, Edmund? Wedding gown, I suppose. Mary! Isn't it bad enough? Here, let me take it, dear. You only step on it and tear it and get it dirty dragging it on the floor. Then you'll be so sorry afterwards. Thank you. You're very kind. It's a wedding gown. It's very lovely, isn't it? I remember now. I found it in the attic hidden in a trunk. But I don't remember what I wanted it for. I'm going to be a nun. That is, if I can only find. What is it? I'm looking for. I know it's something I've lost. Mary! It's no good, Papa. Let us rise up and part, she will not know. Let us go seaward as the great winds go, full of blown sand and foam. What help is here? There is no hope, for all those things are so. All the world is bitter as a tear. And, those, and how these things are, though ye stove to show, she will not know. Something I miss terribly. It can't be altogether lost. Mama, what's, what's the use? It's no good. Let us go hence, my song she will not hear. Let us go hence, together without fear. Keep silence now, for a singing time is over. And over all things, and all things dear, she loves not you nor me as well as we love her. Yeah, though we sang as angels in her hair, she would not hear. Something I miss terribly. I remember when I had it, I was never lonely nor afraid. I can't have lost it forever. I would die if I thought that, because then there would be no hope. Mama, it isn't a summer cold. I've got consumption. No! You must not try to touch me. You must not try to hold me. It isn't right when I'm trying to be a nun. You fool, it's no good. Let us go hence, go hence. She will not see, sing all once more together, surely she. She too, remembering days and words that were, will turn a little toward us, singing but we. We are hence, we are gone, as though we had not been there. Nay, 
Though all men seeing had such pity on me, she would not see. Oh, we're fools to pay any attention. It's the poison. But I've never known her to drown herself in as deep as this is. Pass me the bottle, Jamie, and stop reciting that morbid poetry. I won't have it in my house. I had a talk with Mother Elizabeth. It may be sinful of me, but I love her better than my own mother. She always understands, even before you say a word. All the same, I don't think she was so understanding this time. I told her I wanted to be a nun. I explained how sure I was of my vocation, that I had prayed to the Blessed Virgin to make me sure and to find me worthy. I said I knew that the Blessed Virgin had smiled and blessed me with her consent. But Mother Elizabeth told me I must be more sure than that. She said if I was so sure, then I wouldn't mind putting myself to a test, going home after I graduated and living as other girls lived, going out to parties and dances and enjoying myself. And then, if after a year or two I still felt sure, I could come back to see her and we would talk it over again. I never dreamed Holy Mother would give me such advice. I said, of course, I would do anything she suggested. Well, after I left her, I felt all mixed up. So I went to the shrine and prayed to the Blessed Virgin and found peace again. Because I knew she heard my prayer and would always love me, so long as I never lost my faith in her. That was in the winter of senior year. And in the spring, something happened to me. Ah, oh, yes, I remember. I fell in love with James Tyrone. So happy for a time. Is just a lie and be.